that's good stuff. A space for all things food, health, wellness, and everything in between. I'm your host, Scotty Sandlin, and my mission is to shed light on difference makers who are using health as a way to change the world. Thanks for joining the conversation. I invite you in to learn and grow along with me. Now, today's guest is Dr. Ann Coles. She is a wife, mother of four, physician, best-selling author, and a health and wellness expert. I've been looking forward to this conversation with Dr. Ann for some time. She is so wise, so I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome, Dr. Ann, to Now That's Good Stuff podcast. I'm so excited to talk with you. We've talked a little bit before recording this, but I wanted you to know I've been following along um, with your health and your advice for quite a while. My mom actually attended one of your events. And from there, I started getting your emails and we would forward each other's emails back and forth um, while I've been away at, in college. And now I follow you on Instagram. So I'm so excited to talk to you in person. Uh, well, Scotty, thank you so much. I'm, I'm grateful to have the opportunity to speak to you. And I appreciate your uh, enthusiasm for my work. And I especially appreciate that your mother shared it with you. So. Well, yes, we, we've enjoyed it. And I'd love for your listeners just to hear a little bit more about you and your past experiences and how you've gotten to where you are today. So why don't we start with that? Sure. So it's, it's a little bit of a convoluted and somewhat long story. So I, I knew from as far back as I can remember, you know, little girl, that I was very, very much drawn, drawn to health and medicine. My father was a really amazing um, physician. He was a surgeon and just loved what he did and was kind of a pioneer in many ways. And he recognized that I had that proclivity and there's bajillions of doctors in my family. I mean, gosh, on both sides, there's like at least 25 that have graduated over four or five generations from like where I went to med school. And, and I'm not joking, both sides, huge, just massive numbers of doctors. And uh, anyway, so that was always my track. And as I, you know, got into say 13, 14, my father got really interested in somewhat in nutrition and, and vitamins. And just because, you know, if he was interested in it, oftentimes I would be too. Um, so I, in high school, I got really into nutrition. And when I got to college, knowing that I was going to, you know, wanted to go to med school, I ultimately decided, why don't I study what I really love just because I'll make good grades. Because if you study what you like, it's not really study. So I focused on nutrition. I got my undergraduate degree in food science and human nutrition. Not really, you know, at that time thinking that it would make its way into my professional life, which is studying what I loved. Uh, and then I ended up, you know, going to med medical school. I ended up working very, very hard and doing very, very well and was always kind of be on, tra on track to be an academic dermatologist. That's what I wanted to do. I worked very hard to achieve that. Well, without giving you the, the details because of my, I guess you could say my allegiance to my marriage and my husband, to pursue that tract in academic dermatology just was not gonna work out with us trying to make our careers, you know, both work together, right? He's a practicing physician too. Mm -hmm. And so I landed because of the restraints of, you know, 
being married to another doctor whose track is a certain way, I landed in primary care, specifically in family medicine. And I loved it. Um, yeah, I loved the variety. I loved the fact that I had to know a lot about a lot of things, not, not necessarily a little bit about a lot of things, a lot about a lot of things. And you're seeing all ages, you're seeing, you know, just sort of, you know, you're their first, sort of their, the first person they go to when they're sick. And I did that and thought, you know, I'm really enjoying this. I kind of had no choice, but to do that related to this constraints and that I'm, I'm loving this. And I ended up doing family medicine uh, a bit in the army because as a, as a uh, civilian hire, because my husband was active duty physician in the army for a while. And then most of my clinical practice career was in private uh, family medicine practice here in my hometown of Charleston, South Carolina. And I did that for about 14 years. And as I evolved in my clinical practice, it became very apparent to me that most of what I was seeing was preventable. And I had this natural uh, proclivity and natural enthusiasm and love for nutrition and fit, you know, fitness and that whole sort of wellness side of things that never left me. And I always kind of boned and was staying up on all that. And, and beginning in the early nineties, the data really started coming out and there was just literally a flood of it a flood of data uh, coming out, telling us loud and clear that most of the chronic disease and you know, illness people face could truly be preventable through diet myself. Well, so that was happening in combination with my love, in combination with finding out that when I would talk to my patients about these things, they loved it. I could see that, I could see that they were star for guidance, reliable guidance, evidence-based guidance from, you know, a true um, credentialed expert. And then the other thing that began to happen is I now have four very young children. Um, you know, I'm, so I'm trying to juggle my, my, my busy family. My husband's got a busy practice. I have a really busy practice. I've got these four kids. I'm trying to be a great mom too. And I started being, uh, you know, feeling way, spread way too thin and feeling very stressed. I actually had an episode of major depression, which I'm sure was driven by just frankly too much, you know, trying to be a perfect mom, trying to be a perfect doctor. It just, just too much. And so I, again, the combination of my practice getting um, out of balance with the kind of life I wanted to lead as a mom and a wife and just whatever. And then my, my true love and the fact that pe I saw that people wanted, I made this crazy decision. People thought I was crazy. I, I didn't, but most people thought I was nuts to leave my clinical practice to devote myself to wellness. And I really didn't know where it would take me. I'll be totally honest. In fact, my first sort of, um, you know, rendition of, how I was going to focus in this area is I just started a one-on-one -on -one private counseling practice focusing on wellness where I'd see people one-on-one -on -one. they'd come to me you know let's say someone with high cholesterol someone to lose weight or someone with heart disease and I would coach them and teach them what they could do through diet and lifestyle given their situation and people enjoyed that well then I had the opportunity to speak and I my first talk was at my children's PTA 
Yeah. And I, I, I still have the little cards, you yeah. know, from that presentation. And I, the light bulb went off. I just felt so natural in that context. And I realized, oh my gosh, I could get this message out to, you know, a lot more effectively because when you're standing up and you've got people in front of you, you're so energized, you know, so your delivery of it is so much more passionate and, you know, and, and energetic, as I said. So I could, I could reach a lot more people more effectively in one fell swoop. So I started thinking, wow, okay, I've got a, where, where are contexts where I can do this and speak to large groups? So that's kind of how I worked my way into speaking. And I just started speaking, you know, frankly for free. And, and then, you know, once you've done it and people are like, oh my gosh, your message is so valuable. You know, then someone said, you know, when are you going to write the book? And, yeah. and then I had, and I had a lot of um, really fortunate faithful things happen to be totally honest like meeting the right people at the right time which i mean things that really did launch my career kind of exponentially right. you know so I, I was able to get a book deal pretty fast i i wrote a book it did well you know and that gives you credibility that opens more doors and particularly credibility as a speaker um, and you know, so I started doing this, then I started focusing on employee wellness. Cause I was like, okay, everyone wins, you know, the employer wins, the employees win. And it's a, it's a real viable place for someone like me who's trying to make a difference broadly to reach a lot of people in a context where, you know, someone is willing because they know it's worth it to pay for that. Right. So then I got really into the employee wellness. Uh, and you know, and then I wrote, I'm not giving you all the details of this journey, but, you know, then I wrote, you know, five more books and uh, over time in a pretty quick period of time though, uh, and was still doing lots of speaking. So I've, I've probably done, you know, in the last 20 years, because I started this 20 years ago, probably, I've probably had 400 um, presentations. Wow. Most of all states. I've even gone to Guam. Um, I've written all those, I've written those books, you know, I've done a lot of interviews with media, um, and my latest kind of where I'm landing is I now have an online school. So it's been a, a great thing. At the end of the day, my strength is kind of delivering the message and teaching it in a way that people can get it and understand it, you know, and I'm a good you know, kind of a natural motivator, really just because I'm so passionate about this. I'm like, how can people not know this stuff? It can yeah. so transform their lives. And the school is giving me this platform to reach anyone, as long as they have an internet access and a screen, it could be a tablet, it could be a phone, it could be the computer. And so, you know, and I just, I, I'm sure you're a student, online education, I think is where everything's going for reasons that are obvious. Um, and so I, I'm really focusing a lot on my online school. Uh, we ju we're just finished launching the latest course and it was a, in the kitchen course. I also am a foodie and, a, and I've learned to be because I've done a lot of it, a really good cook. Uh, and I love giving people that hands-on advice. So you can teach them what is the healthiest way to eat and why. But the next step is, let me take you by the hand. Now let's go into your home and let's go ahead and make the stuff. Let's make the breakfasts, the lunches, the dinners. Yeah. Well, I love watching your videos. They're definitely fun. And I can always see your passion too, especially through those, through the screen in those videos. Thank you.
Um, I love hearing about all the different stages of your life and how you've gotten gotten up to this point. And yeah. I mean, you've impacted so many different people and I'm sure that your passion is going to take you even more places, but like just how you identified your passion at such a young age, that is, that yeah, really stands I, out to me. The great thing, because I know your audience is probably younger people. So I love, I love the opportunity to, you know, give them advice. And so, you know, one thing that you will see back, if you look at my career track, I mean, it's quite convoluted. It, you know, there were lots of sort of stepping stones along mm -hmm. the way, but I always say, I know I couldn't be where I am right now had I not taken every one of those steps. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, because, oh my gosh, do you regret like going through medical school and doing all that when you knew you really just wanted to be in wellness? Well, no, I could not. Everything I've done, every step, in my opinion, was the right step and it needed to be taken the way I took it. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I think if you look back at people that have fulfilling careers, most all of them will tell you that, that, so, you know, you can always reinvent yourself. You're always evolving. Don't feel like you have that. What you're doing right now is what you're going to be doing, you know, four years from now, because mm -hmm. if, I mean, you, you can just look at people all over the place and you'll see it is a path and it's not a straight shot. It's, it's oftentimes, you know, twisty turny and, you know, up and down and back and forth. And, um, yeah. So don't feel don't feel locked into any one thing. I think that's real important. Attitude. Yeah, I'm definitely in that season right now. I'm graduating in less than 20 days and I'm kind of in that, well, you know, is this first job I'm going to take going to be, you know, my own, you know, my only job because that's just my mentality, you know, the mentality. Yeah, it's kind of like a straight it, shot. It, it, I mean, but it's it not be. going to you be like, like that. It, you, you choose it to be, but yeah, I mean, you have so much time ahead of you. And right. so that's the thing, think about it. I didn't really get into wellness until I was, I think that would have been around my early forties is mm -hmm. when I did that, you know? What does, um, when you, when you talk about wellness, what do you think of when you think about wellness? Like what, how would you define it? Yeah. So I, so I, when people say, what do you mean, Dr. Rain, you specialize in wellness? So I'm a physician that teaches people what they can do on their own through food, nutrition, fitness, stress control. I mean, things they have under control, stress, sleep, um, you know, healthy lifestyle. So what can you do through healthy living? What can you do through nutrition to live your very best, most vital life? I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's what I do. And because the nutrition piece is in a way, the piece that's where there's the most confusion, where there's the mm -hmm. most ignorance, where there's the most information to learn. I focus a lot of my time in that area. Oftentimes people think of me just as a nutrition expert, but I, you know, I feel just as proficient in knowing about fitness and movement and how it impacts health and, you know, what is the best thing to do and, and sleep and, you know, and I do talk on, you know, and have resources on, on those other, on those other areas. It's just that the nutrition piece is a big, a really big piece. It's a foundational piece, I would say. And it, it, it really does have more of a foundational impact, I think, 
uh, on overall health relative to the other lifestyle factors, meaning, you know, if you're not putting the right foods and, you know, what you're going to do through fitness and what you can do through, you know, stress control techniques is just can't help you like it otherwise could. Right. It, it's diminishing the power of those good, um, positive activities to help you unless you have that nutrition piece. And then the other important thing to know is, uh, and it's been this case in America for a, a long while, but now globally, the leading cause of morbidity and mortality globally, worldwide now is, is diet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you that food is the foundation. I've seen it in my own life and just in other people's as well. But you just touched on that, that aspect of longevity and um, prevent, you've talked about the preventative measures. Um, so when someone does come to you and says, Hey, look, I'm, you know, I want this to happen, or I, I'm not happy with the way this is going. Um, mm -hmm. Is longevity your kind of the, the way you think about wellness when you approach the, your client um, or even yourself? Or how does that yeah, fit into? Well, um, you know, I, I really don't, I kind of focus on what they want to focus on. So sometimes it's a, a more cute thing, like it's something that's more immediate to them. Uh, but the reality is that we, we now know that 80% of the rate that we age is under our personal control. So we know from twin studies, identical twin studies, that only 20% of the rate that we age and our longevity is determined by our genes. Genes have an influence, but it's 20%. The point is 80% you have control over. Wow. And it is through your diet, it is through your lifestyle, it is through your relationships, all of those things. And we have not just the, those wonderful um, identical twin studies to prove that to us. We also have the blue zones um, data. So if you're not familiar, there are um, five geographically separate regions across the globe where the inhabitants of those regions live on average 10 times, uh, you, excuse me, where the inhabitants of those regions, they have 10 times more people living to 100 as we do in America. And when we look at those regions, they just don't get the, these chronic disease diseases like we do in America. And they're five and they've been studied very methodically these five areas. So it's the um, Nokoyans in Costa Rica, it's the Sardinians in Italy, it's the Icarians in Greece, it's the uh, Seventh-day Adventist in Loma Linda, California, and it's the Okinawans in Japan. And so National Geographic actually underwrote, you know, and, and um, uh, funded the study of looking at those people led by Dan Boytner. He's now a, a very, very well-known, truly an icon in wellness globally because of his work and studying those blue zones and what, you know, what's the magic? What are these mm -hmm. people doing? And so what they were able to identify through that research is although those you know, again, geographically distinct five groups of people, you know, live, have many different things. They do differences in their diet, differences in all sorts of things. They did identify common threads amongst all of them. And so that's 
think of the Blue Zones project, Blue Zones, you know, study Blue Zones as, as a cross-cultural distillation and mm -hmm. best practices for longevity because that's exactly what it was. And there's, you know, two or three books written on this whole topic. It's fascinating. They're great, they're fantastic reads. And they identified what are the, what are the common features? Plant predominant whole food diet. Uh, if you put the diets of all five regions into one big lump, 90% of the foods they eat are plant-based. Some of the cultures don't eat any animal foods, but some do, but when they do it's smaller amounts. So and predominant um, whole food diets. They're eating real food. They're not eating processed food and it's mostly plants. They are very physically active with lifestyle activity. They sit less than four hours a day. They're not going to the gym. They are just busy throughout their entire lives with movement, chopping wood, what we call lifestyle activity, working in their gardens, you know, taking care of grandchildren, you know, grandchildren. So they're extremely active. Um, the third thing is they know how to relax. They believe in taking and, and winding down and you know, having a small glass of wine at five o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> you know, they really know how to wind down. Um, very much they have rich, meaningful relationships with others. Mm -hmm. Families revered in these cultures. So close families and elderly, uh, the elderly folks are kind of you know, put it, the, put it the, on pedestals as the, the members of society that you look up to most. Um, the other thing is faith. Most of them are um, very spiritual and you know, have, have um, devoted faiths, different types, right? But you see that, that was another common feature. So I think that hits the main ones and purpose. They have a strong, that's another big one. They have a strong sense of purpose. If you said to a blue zone inhabitant, you know, what gets you out of the bed in the morning? Why do you want to live? They can reel it off right away. And they feel a deeply entrenched sense of purpose in their lives, that, that their life has meaning and there's a reason why they're on the earth. Anyway, so we can all learn so many wonderful things by um, the blue zones. Because are so good. they are living examples of the longest living, healthiest people on our planet. Right. Um, when you talk about all these different components and how mm -hmm. these people groups identify with these things on a, like a global, it's really a global scale. And I think that's a powerful part of it, seeing that it's not just one per, you know, people group in California. This is right. across the world. Across. And, it, and a very dis disparate, I mean, all, all types of people, all different, right. different types of cultures, diff sure. different ethnicities. So um, when you are talking to people in the workshops that you do, in the classes that you uh, hold, mm -hmm. how do you communicate those things to people that are from all different cultures, all different backgrounds with the knowledge that you have from, you know, people in these blue blue zones or sure so what I try to do is you know I'm working from an you know strong evidence base and the great thing is there's although there's nuances left for us to learn and there there are I mean science is always progressing you know um the bottom line is we we know without a shadow of a doubt what are the you know what the foundation of what everyone should be doing no matter what their age no matter what their health status um, we know what we know, and we do know the fundamentals of a healthy diet. 
Um, yes, there again, there's nuances, there's lots of iterations of it, but the the pillars are the pillars and they're never going to change. Mm. So like with nutrition, all foods are either carbs, fats, or protein. So I always like to teach people how to do their carbs right, how to do their fat right, how to do their protein right. It's just a, such a simple way to do it. That's what I love uh, about you. You can even simplify too. it even further. You can say, you know, well, you can define healthy eating based on the data. And again, mm -hmm. we have millions of studies now that a whole food varied. That's the other thing. Not just, you need variety, plant variety. A whole food varied plant predominant diet is clearly the one um, that is optimal for human health. Now, within that description, there, there are, again, nuances. You could be a flexitarian, you could be a pescatarian, you could be vegan, you could be vegetarian, you could even be an omnivore. There's absolutely no denying that constitutionally human beings are omnivorous. You know, we are highly adaptive creatures and we adapted thankfully over time to be able to get nutrition from a really broad range of foods. Um, but within that construct, there is no denying that we do better when most of our calories are coming from the plant side of things relative to the animal side and that they're real foods, foods that your great, great grandmother could have eaten or made in her kitchen. Um, another way of saying that is animal foods are kept to a minimum and processed foods are kept to a minimum. Yeah. And so it's pretty easy to define it based on the science. And then, you know, again, that's too simple for people. So they like to, you know, they like to get into the weeds and right. <laughs> if we need to get in the weeds, we can do it. What do you see are those common uh, jumps when people do get on board, maybe at your workshops um, or wherever you're speaking? What are those questions that you get a lot from clients, you know, about- uh, Yeah, my most common question would probably be, uh, what about farm-raised fish? I mean, I don't know why that question comes up so much. That's a good question though. Or, I mean, it's the kind of things you've seen the media sometimes get wrong or twisted. You know, what about lectins? Uh, what about sugar substitutes? Um, I mean, these questions go on and I mean, they get, they never end. I mean, that's a, one thing is just, oh my gosh, I'm always amazed. I'm always amazed. I'll go to address, a, I mean, let's say a super, super savvy, highly educated, you know, group of like type A, you know, like ultra professionals, like people at the top of their game. And I'll think, certainly they'll know everything I'm telling them. They'll know all this. They have to know all this. And I'll finish. And it's like, no, the questions, they literally don't stop. Never have, I've never done a talk where they didn't have to stop it and say, okay, you know, we're out of time. No more questions. They just don't stop. Well, I think um, that's kind of a beautiful thing about food and nutrition too, is that, and just wellness in general, that there are constantly, you know, things that we can keep learning and, um, I mean, I do think it comes with some cons in that people are throwing out trendy ideas and, you yeah. know, things like that, that kind of can distract you from those pillars that you talk about. But that's what, one thing I really value about 
seeing your videos. I, I watch your Monday videos on YouTube and your Thank emails you. also kind of reflect that same, just here are the, the basics, just kind of focus yeah. on these. Yeah. And it allows you to just think about it in a more tangible way, especially when you are at the market or going to the grocery store. It's like, oh yeah, there's, there's the brown rice. Like I can grab that. Right. Right. And, and at the end of the day, if we don't make it relatively clear and simple and actionable for people, then I'm wasting my time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I do, I, I kind of stick to every now and then people write me and say, you know, I wish you'd talk, you never talk about this topic. Well, then I think about the topic and it's, it's just so it's just relevant to such a tiny group. I, and I always just reply back. I say, you know, my mission is really trying to reach the average Walmart shopper. You know, mm -hmm. I'm trying to hit the kind of the masses um, just because I, you know, that was just sort of what I established early in my career is that was kind of my goal. Um, I appreciate that though, because yeah. especially as a college student, sometimes um, these um, high and mighty, you could say nutritionists come out with all these different things that are very almost kind of elitist, like of yeah. items that you can or that seem unattainable. Right. And yeah. it is unattainable for many people. So I think I, I really value that about your work too. And just having things that are accessible to people, no matter their socioeconomic status or um, how food is available to them, um, right. depending on their community. Because right. that's relevant. I mean, the, you know, economics of eating are, are relevant, but you know, we're lucky in America a lot of people don't recognize this. I mean, we have amongst the least expensive food supply in the world. I mean, even our healthy foods relative to other countries are a, such a bargain. So, and that's good news. And, you know, we are spending less of our household dollars on food, significantly less percentage nowadays than we did in the 20s and 30s. But we're spending a lot more of our household dollars on healthcare. Mm -hmm. So what I, what I know is if I could get people to spend more on their food, they'd save a lot in their healthcare costs. We talk a lot about that in my classes, um, in my sustainability classes, especially, and how the percentage is drastically different of what the American household spends on food compared to yes. Europe. Okay. And it's, it seems appealing. It yeah. seems very um, like, oh my goodness, yes, that, that's awesome. But really it's hitting people in a much harm, much more harmful way on the healthcare side um, because right. they're missing those components of the health. Yeah, there, there's their a dead on relationship between the line of, you know, spending, percentage spending on food and percent spent on medical care. I mean, mm -hmm. you see it. Uh, it's, it is, Yeah. It's shocking. The more we spend on food, the less we spend on our medical care and vice versa. <laughs> right. Okay. So when, when it comes to people that are younger and that have the, the means to kind of step into this healthy sense of controlling what they're putting into their body or the way that they're moving their body, what are your top suggestions for maybe people in college or, you know, right out of college? Sure. So first of all, I think the most important thing to know right off the rip is that what you do right now really matters really matters and we are seeing shocking rates of chronic diseases in young people that mm -hmm. we never saw before 
uh, we're seeing people in their 30s and 40s have strokes. Right. We are now seeing colorectal cancer. They've had to change the screening guidelines because we're getting it, people getting it at a younger and younger age. Um, and so what you do right now matters. And the other thing I think people love to be empowered. And that was one reason why I was always very drawn, even really young to this whole thing. I can remember just loving the thought that I had control over how I looked and how I felt through the foods that I ate. I mean, I just, I just dig that so much. I can remember sitting there in class, eating an apple and thinking, you know, with this like healthy snack, which was delicious, I loved it. You know, I'm doing like good things for me. I, just I feel the same way. I get thing. so excited. So it, it's, it's, it's super empowering. And I think people need, they love to be empowered. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps you in everything you do. It gives you confidence, gives you a spring in your step and it can drive a, a you know, positive career, uh, you know, so that is really cool. And we didn't know what now, what, I mean, we know so much more now in that light versus when I was y'all's age. Um, so those are two important things to know, the control you have and that it does matter. And, you know, you know, you can eat yourself sick really quickly. Um, you can eat yourself sad really quickly. You know, there's a lot of mental illness in your demographic and we know, give me a break. Oh my gosh, this is a good thing for y'all's group to know. There's no part of the body more sensitive to what you eat and what you do than your brain. Hmm. Uh, and if you can eat for optimal brain health, you're more than taking care of all the rest of the body because the brain sets the bar. And it is so discriminating. It is crazy sensitive to what you eat. And don't let anyone ever tell you it's not. That data is very, very clear. Um, the way you eat, and you know, a lot of this is driven now by the microbiome research. We know that it's really your microbiome that's directing your brain. It's, it's your mood, it's your appetite, it's everything. And that's largely impact you know, driven by what you eat, right? So... Yeah, no matter what, you know, your buttons, you know, what, what, whatever lights your fire, whether it's you want to have energy, you want to look better, you want clear skin, you want a brain that works better, you want to be happier, you want to be less anxious, uh, you want to be leaner, um, whatever, you know, whatever it is, you have such control of that, yeah. such control of that through your diet and lifestyle. And then so beyond that motivational aspect of it for college kids, it's like, okay, um, you know, behavior change is incremental for most everyone. And baby steps are typically the way to go. And you start with like one thing, you know? It's like, oh my God, there's so many things I'm doing wrong. You know, you don't think like that. It's like, okay, you start with one thing and try to make a positive change. Like, all right, can you get a list of the foods? Like, and I'll tell you. So if you sign up for my, to join my community, which means you'll get my weekly video tip and a newsletter goes out once a month in this educational newsletter, then you will get in your email my list of the foods that I deem to be the superstars. There's like 50, probably 55 foods on there. And you can print that out and post it. And it's like, okay, what are, are there some foods on there you love right now that are accessible to you, affordable to you, that you know, in your life's context right now, you can do. Mm-hmm. Then can you do that? Then do it. Like, oh, I love let's say, um, you know, I don't know, let's say berries were on there or apples were on there because they both of those are. I love apples. 
I'm going to eat more apples because it's a superstar food. Um, I do love chocolate and I like dark chocolate. I'm, I can do that instead of the milk chocolate because that's a superstar food. So positive changes, baby steps, because behavior change is, it builds and it is incremental. Um, and, and, and worry about a negative change later when you have your confidence. A negative change would be like, you know, you're eating a food, let's say you're drinking sodas and, and you, you've been educated because I don't know, who knows, you maybe looked at some of my blogs or something and you know how horrible soda is for you and you know you need to stop that. Well, stopping that would be great, but that you don't want to start with something that seems hard. Start with a positive change, not a negative change. Negative change would be stopping something you love. A positive change is eating more of something you already love. That's a great tip. Um, when it comes to maybe changing something out and seeking like that positive step, what are mm -hmm. some of the... Um, I know you've touched on the real plant plant foods. What are some of the more processed foods that might be, you know, the ones? Yeah, that so so you know the big ones are ones that most people know about, like you know fast food, and it, just a simple guide. If you're going to be buying it, I mean, just know that fast food is just absolute beyond garbage. I mean, I don't know a quicker way to trash your health than to eat fast food. I mean, you are it's it's so damaging to your body. It just it's shocking. Um, sugary beverages, fast food, traditional fast food. I'm talking like traditional fast food, not like, mm -hmm. oh, I can get a salad now. You know, I'm talking about like the cheeseburgers and the chili cheese fries and all like corn dogs and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then beyond that, it can be real deceptive, the processed food. So a good thing to do to, to like help you with this is look at the ingredients list. Mm -hmm. And when you see yeah. all these like words, all these yeah. things, all these chemicals, all this stuff, I mean, don't, I'm telling you, this That's is a, a red, red flag. coming out. They're really, it's crazy the, how bad they are for you. And a lot of these foods are marketed as health foods. Like people doing all these meal replacement bars. Are you kidding me? Let me tell you, we're starting to really see crazy stuff happening with these processed food ingredients. And many of these things are in super healthy appearing things. Right. Like these bars, you know, it's the titanium dioxide and it's these emulsifiers we're finding out are really messing with that microbiome. And so for people, the microbiome is that microbial ecosystem that resides in our gut that we now know is basically kind of running the body. Mm -hmm. And that is where health begins and ends. We're being, beginning to, you know, track development of disease is beginning right in there. And so what's happening is people are now eating these ingredients that human beings never ate. And microbes particularly bacteria are highly adaptive and and um there's going to be a bacteria that likes anything you throw at it and yeah and and what that's going to do is cultivate the growth of that very strange bacteria that human beings never had inside of them that are speaking my language <laughs> havoc with the other bacteria and with other in other ways I mean, that's a simplistic way of explaining this, right, yeah. all this dysbiosis, the presence of these abnormal um, pathologic microbes in your gut. And, you know, we can, you know, now we can transfer it. You can take, you can take the fecal matter of obese people and put it in someone's skinny and they immediately gain weight. And it's because, you know, your weight begins and ends by what's in your, what bacteria are growing in your gut. Wow. And even depression, they transferred depression, they transferred anxiety, they transferred, you know, and particularly in animal models, all kinds of things. 
simply by transferring the bacteria from a germ-free, you know, it's crazy, into a germ-free organism. Then they get the same disease that, you know, the bacteria that had the, um, you know, the, the organism that had the, the strange bacteria, you know, in it anyway. Well, I, I love talking about this kind of stuff. I could talk about it all day long, but I do know it's not as, you know, not as many people get fired up talking about this kind of stuff, but it is, there are research studies out there that do show that all these foods do, you know, help or can hurt your body in a drastic way. Um, and one of the things I noticed that you posted this morning on your Instagram was just convenience foods. So yeah. as we wrap up, would you mind just sharing a little bit more about those things that we can kind of grab, grab on the go or, sure. you know, go to. Sure. So I, um, listen, my middle name is time famine. I mean, so, you know, I would say time is my most precious commodity. I, re I really feel like I never have enough time to finish yeah. and do all the things I want to do. That's pretty much the story of my life. That's okay. I think a lot of people have that, you know, don't get anxiety about it because that makes it worse. But um, anyway, so I love convenience foods and there's some incredible, really healthy foods that are super convenient. So I think on that list, let's see, I, I think I can reel them off. So I'm, I love frozen baby, baby peas. I don't know how anyone lives without frozen baby, baby peas. I love frozen berries. I love uh, boxed, ready to go, washed salad greens. I couldn't live without those. Um, I loved canned salmon. I, I like one that went on there. I had some today for my lunch. I love uh, canned um, sardines. I love prepared fresh salsas, you know, that you can get in the produce section, refrigerated mm -hmm. salsas that are delicious, just as good as what I can make at home. I love prepared hummus. Um, Let's see what else was on that list. What did, do you maybe you can pull it up? I can let's see. I have my phone right here. I think um, I think you're hitting most of them. I, I should have I should have written down what they were. Um, but I resonated with most of them that I was just like, yes, that's that's what we need to, you know, get more people aware of. Let's see. Yeah. So frozen berries, baby peas, prepared salsa, box lettuce. Um Tabbouleh, fresh prepared tabbouleh. Oh, okay, tabbouleh. What is that? Tabbouleh is kind of a Mediterranean uh, grain dish. So it's made with huh. um, couscous and tons of parsley and, and tomatoes and garlic. It's like super healthy, but it's, and it's delicious, but it's hard to make it on your own. Oh my gosh, it's just like a labor of love. And you <laughs> can get it already prepared. Uh, then I did canned beans, a great one for college students to know about canned tomatoes. Those are just remarkably healthy foods. Canned salmon, prepared hummus. Oh, and the uh, Costco carries the fro frozen wild Alaskan salmon burgers. So, like my both all my kids and my kids are like twenty six to thirty one, and they all love those burgers. And you know, you do them now still just because they're so convenient. A great way to get those omega three fats. Huh. But, well, I need to try those out. Um, those are all great suggestions. Um, before we wrap up, I have a few questions for you. Just 60 seconds with Scotty. Um, sure. So, okay. So the first one, if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> I do. I love the, the beach. The, uh, there's a certain beach in the Bahamas. I love the water and it's, it's just a magical uh, beach and a kind of a remote island in the Bahamas. It's Long Island and there's a 
place that I've been with my family and I've been with friends many, many times called Cape Santa Maria. It's just almost like a fairy. I mean, you just can't, the sand is so white, the water's so blue. And so I love that. Uh, and I, I really don't like going real far away. Yeah, um, I'm the same way. <laughs> travel way, 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 way away at my yeah. age, so. Okay, if you had one day left on this great earth, what would you do? Oh my goodness, one, one day left. Oh, okay, well, I love birding. I'm a nature freak and I love being in nature and I love looking at birds. Oh, so wow, that's special. I, that would be, it, it just does something for me like I, that I can't even put words to oh. when I see, see birds. So I love watching birds. And that's cool. a real treat for me. Okay, let's see. Um, if you could dedicate your life to making a difference in someone else's life, how would you do it? Um, I would say through what I'm doing, and which is, awesome. a, I'm so grateful to be able to say that. I mean, that I, I clearly, that's the other thing about what I do. Um, I know that this is my calling. I know mm -hmm. that I was called to do this, awesome. to help people with their health. Last but not least, what is your favorite meal? My favorite meal. Um, why don't I just give you some of my, so roasted okra is way up there. Love uh, okra. I love okra. Oh, I have so many. That's really, really hard for me. What would I say? <laughs> I love um, duck breast. I mean, we have, you know, we, we hunt and my husband does. And so I can, I just know how to cook game in a great way. So duck breast, roasted okra, um, a really good, salad with greens and other things for my garden um i love dark chocolates you're uh, naming all the the yummy things so mm -hmm. yummy i mean there's so many foods i love I, I i love so many foods that's a real hard question for me <laughs> well dr ann it's been so great to have you um on my today pleasure. and just talk with you um, you're actually, I don't know if I told you this, but you're our, the first doctor on the podcast. So this oh, will be, so um, so I'm honored. So <laughs> well, I really appreciate what you do and you, you have a natural uh, proclivity to do it. So oh, well, thank you. You're so insightful yourself. Now that's good stuff. I hope you found Dr. Ann's passionate wisdom as a source of encouragement for wherever you are in your health journey. If you'd like to continue learning from her, you can find her on Instagram at Dr. Ann Wellness or at her website, drannwellness.com. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Now go make some good things happen.